0: You are listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org. Does anybody else think that that sounds like the Twilight Zone? <laughs> You've got to be old enough to get that. Good morning. Welcome. My name is Bill. Glad you're with us today. Uh, And thank you for coming to worship with us and get out on this dreary weekend. And I hope that you are having a good one nonetheless. Uh, I want to remind you, if you've not done it yet, to download the Riverside Church app on that. You'll be able to find the sermon notes and follow along and see if I follow my outline or not. And you can fill in the blanks if you want to there. It's always a good thing. There's so many resources there, too, for you to... Look at events that are happening, stuff that's going on. You can sign up for stuff. It's a, it's it's a really good tool for you to have. But uh, thank you for um, for doing that. If you if you've done that already, uh, we are in a sermon series that we are calling a different way, and it really the text of that is all about the songs that were sung at Christmas. The the songs in scripture, not the carols that we sing, but the the scriptures in Luke where the angel came and appeared to people and they broke out in song. And those songs are really prophetic messages about how people can have hope that that there's a different way to live, that there's a light to guide their path down a, a different path, a better path. So far, we've looked at Mary's song, which is called The Magnificent. Uh, coming from the Latin term, uh, the the Zechariah song, the Benedictus. Then next week, it's the Dimittis, which was news to me. That's the first words in the Latin to the, the phrase there that Simeon uh, does. And then today, we're going to look at the, the angel song, one that you already sang, and you sang it in the Latin, and you didn't even know it, probably. Gloria in excelsis Deo. That's the song that we're going to look at this morning. So, um, this, this, this Christmas uh, has a lot of great moments. Looking forward to family coming home to be with us next weekend and through Christmas Eve. And I love Christmas Eve. How many of you are going to be able to be with us on Christmas Eve at four or six? Be here early, all right? And uh, we're going to have a great time. It'll be full, but it's just a special time. We're doing live candles this year. Can I tell you up front right now? You drip on the carpet or the furniture, and you're not allowed back, okay? You can drip on your own lap. Don't drip on our stuff. But uh, that, that's going to be coming up, and um, it's a special time. I love, that's my favorite part of Christmas right there. Whenever we get through all the services, and we tell the story, we sing the carols, we look at God's Word together, and then we... We do the candle lighting, and we sing Silent Night. And by the way, I think it's the 200-year anniversary of Silent Night. Night. I might have to work that into my message somehow. So don't tell anybody. Um, so, so um, yeah. And then we we sing Silent Night, and the lights go down. And then the last verse we sing a cappella with the candles, and it's like, oh, I just want to bottle that moment. I just want to just want to bottle it, and then. When I'm feeling anxious about deadlines that are in front of me, I wish I could just open that up and just experience that. Or, or whenever I'm concerned and anxious about parents who are needing help, elderly parents that are going through a lot of stuff and I can just open that bottle up. Or when I'm thinking about some of you who are facing things far more serious and difficult than I'm going through and I'm anxious and sorrowful for you, I just want to open up that bottle and just say, ah, oh, the peace, the peace. It's it's today I want to talk about peace, but not that kind of peace, because that's fleeting peace. That's peace that we can manufacture on a Christmas Eve. But today I want to talk about the peace that the angels sing about, It's a peace that it just settles deep in your soul. It's the peace of a person who has found peace with God and the peace of God. And I want to talk about that today. And if you don't have the peace of God and you don't have the peace of God, or if you've had it and lost it, then I want you to pay especially close attention. The rest of you, you can check out and check back in later. But uh, I really want to talk about that peace, the peace of God. This is the peace the angel sang about to these awestruck shepherds and it's found in Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, and um, you know the story, you've heard it probably many times. Begin in verse 8, where it says, There are shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory shone round about them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people, because today in the town of David a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. And then, Suddenly, a great company, a great army of heavenly hosts, angels, appeared with the angel praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. Let me just pray. Lord, I pray that you will help us to use our imaginations and put ourselves back in time so that we can begin to grasp the magnitude of this experience, the meaning of it, so that we might not only see what it meant for them, but how it now can mean for us today in this world where we still battle the darkness. May we have peace, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, there's a few parts to this story that intrigues me, and one is the shepherds. And why did the angel appear to the shepherds? It says there were shepherds living out in the fields. It was the shepherds, it wasn't saints, it wasn't senators. It was to these shepherds that the angel announced the Messiah's birth. Not the elite, not the powerful, not the wealthy, not the political, not the religious leaders. But to the most unlikely audience were shepherds. We read that, and it just goes in one ear and out the other. But what about shepherds? Is that significant? Well, if you were a shepherd in those days, you were pretty much a loser. I mean, I don't mean that to criticize them. It just was the facts. Because if you were a shepherd, you pretty much couldn't do anything else. You were living with the sheep, it says. You took the job because, well, there were nothing else that you could do. You were uneducated. You were unskilled. You were unkempt. And most of all, you were untrustworthy. Shepherds had terrible reputations. You were the lowest on the social status, the social structure of people where there was just the very rich and many, many poor peasants You were the lowest of the peasants that were out there because you had to live out there with like an animal with the animals, just protecting the animals from the worse animals. But they were scoundrels, shepherds. They would lie and steal and cheat to get whatever they could to make a few extra bucks or take whatever they could get. Now, God could have sent the angels to appear to the ruling authorities like Herod or caesar augustus himself but he didn't so why didn't he do that well what do you think people who are already in power and people who had position how do you think they would have received the good news that god's sending another savior that god's going to send another king obviously i don't think they would have received that news very well do you we're pretty good the way it is we don't need somebody else to come in you know creep on our territory The message of Christ's birth came to the least significant, the least respected, the least likely people in the community, and yet God entrusted them with spreading the good news. Shepherds, shepherds. The message of Christ's birth came to these people. And what that tells me is, you know, God likes to always do things upside down, doesn't he? God's not impressed like we are with status and with power. Caesar had power. Caesar had status. But this story teaches us that Caesar wasn't all Caesar claimed to be. You see, the chapter begins with the words that we've heard so often that in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. That's what prodded Mary and Joseph to travel to Bethlehem. Who was Caesar Augustus? He was formerly known as Octavian. He came to the throne when his surrogate father, Julius Caesar, was murdered in 31 BC. He held the republic together during civil strife that followed Caesar's death and Because of that, he was hailed as the great source of peace for Rome. He ushered in the Pax Romana, the peace of Rome. After defeating the enemies of Rome, he was celebrated as the savior to the people. In 27 BC, Octavian took the name of the Roman god, Augustus, which means worthy of worship. His father Julius, after he died, was deified as a god. So what does that make him but a son of the gods? Do you see where I'm going with this? Do you see how this announcement has so many more implications than we grasp when we just read it from our perspective? N.T. Wright points out that most of the Roman world, in most of the Roman world, the belief in the emperor as divine would have been... Obvious and uncontroversial. It was just assumed the emperor was was a god who was there to save them and make everything go right for them. So in order to prop up the emperor's power and control, Caesar Augustus was worshiped as the son of God who was the great savior of the whole earth who was bringing peace to Rome. And this announcement was always heralded as euangelion, the Greek word for evangelical or good news. So with that in mind, what do you think now of those familiar words that the angels proclaim to the shepherds? The angels. First of all, there was just one angel that appeared to them and the, the glory of God, the light of God and the darkness shone around them. One angel, probably Gabriel, who had appeared to Mary and Zechariah in the earlier in chapter one. So, so he appears to them and he says, Don't be afraid. I bring you euangelion. I bring you good news. Well, I thought that was Caesar's job. No, I'm bringing you good news that's going to be for all the people. It's going to be causing joy to all the people. Oh, really? Tell me about this. Who's going to be the great savior of the world? He's going to, in the city of David, over there, up on the top of the hill, you see that little town of Bethlehem? There, right up there, there's a little baby that's being born tonight. There are these two peasant, homeless, childless people giving birth to their first child. And he's right there. They're trying to nurse it. They're trying to keep it clean. They're trying to keep it alive. Keep it going in the midst of a place where they were without a home or a place. Family and friends were not even around them. So the angel appeared then to them and tells them up there, and then all of a sudden, a great heavenly host of angels, meaning so many that you couldn't even count them appear. Uh, you know, you've, you've heard of the Mormon tabernacle choir, well, times that by a hundred, and you can imagine this choir, this army choir of angels who show up to these awestruck shepherds who were just out there living with the sheep, doing what they do. And all of a sudden, they start announcing, singing. And I can imagine trumpets blaring like a fanfare, announcing the good news. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. The wow factor that these angels had to experience I, I don't think we could ever even begin to imagine what that would have been like. And so what this says, this is the understatement of the day right now. This was really big news. Really, really big news. And God wanted these lowly, unlikely shepherds to be the first to hear it. Incredible. Incredible. Let's talk about this chorus they sang. Two lines in the chorus. The first one, we said it already, glory to God in the highest heaven, focuses on the one true God who is over all things, who got this all started. You see the stars up in the heavens. You see this this earth and this, this, this moonless night, so dark but beautiful. You want to know who made this? The God in the highest heaven made this. He put this all into place there is no one greater, not even the great Caesar Augustus compares to this God in the highest heaven. And because of this little baby that's born, people are going to give praise to the God in heaven because of this little baby. Can you imagine how they're trying to make this comparison? What's this baby going to do? And yet, and yet we all know that because of this little baby and what he grew up to be and do and proclaim and teach and not only his deeds, but his actions, his sacrificial life, his sacrificial death, his sacrificial love, his resurrection. Because of that little baby, people have been giving praise to God through the centuries. People were saying, my life was a mess. Man, I was out of control. All I could do was feed my flesh and I just couldn't say no to myself and I was just destroying myself and, and that God came in and, and, and this Jesus, I invited him into my heart and he changed my life, he changed my mind, he came in and now I'm free, praise God, glory to God in the highest. I was aimless, I was alone, I was lost. Nobody was there for me. I was abandoned by the people I loved. I screwed up. Now I didn't have any friends. I'm all alone. And yet Jesus was there. I invited him in and he taught me what, what love is all about and how because he could love me, I could really what I could love others and I could be free to give and rather just to take. Praise God. My life is different. I once was lost, now I'm found. People were glorifying God because of this little baby that the angels were telling the shepherds about. I was living my life in fear. I was just afraid of the future. I was afraid of everything around me. Life just wasn't working out. I didn't know if I was going to be able to make it. I didn't know if people would accept me. I'm not, I just was, but then I realized that I am totally loved and accepted and forgiven by the one who knows me best. He loves me most. And I'm set free from fear any longer. We gather here every Sunday and we sing songs. Sometimes we will say, let's stand and worship. And we know that <clears throat> worship is more than just singing. When we say that, we say we're gonna sing some songs and we worship. And, and so often people say, oh man, I love the songs we sing. I love the worship that we do. And I love the band and I love all that. Sometimes they say, well, you know, I wish we would do it this way. We get that, I understand My question is, do you love the songs or do you love the one that the songs are about? We don't worship the songs. We worship the one to whom we sing, the one about whom we sing. It's it's not the song. It's not the service. It's not church that we're buying here. We are are not consumers in this culture of who's going to make me feel good We're here to worship and humble ourselves and bow down to the one who deserves our adoration and our praise. I'm convinced that if we fully grasped the love of God displayed in this little baby that grew up, I think all of us would fall on our faces and just shout glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. highest. Amen. 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 And then the second line, on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests, focuses on the good news that this is gonna bring to us, the promise of peace, the promise of peace. So what does peace mean to you? For the boy who's bullied in school, what would peace mean to that boy, to the teenager whose parents are constantly fighting? What does peace mean to that teenager? To the mother whose baby is colicky and won't stop crying, what does peace mean to that mother? To the soldier that goes off to war, what does peace mean to that soldier? In all these circumstances, peace usually means the end of something, the end of something that's bad happening. But let me ask you, is this the kind of peace that the angels are promising? I wish it was. But no, it's not. The peace that the angels are referring to isn't the promise of the end of these things, of the troubles that we will face because babies are still gonna cry. Relationships are still gonna be strained. Rulers are still gonna uh, send young people off to war for them. Kids are still gonna be bullied in school. But the peace the Messiah brings is something that's much more personal, much more permanent more internal than external. I wish I could promise you that this Christmas, all your relationships are going to be healed and you won't have any problems. But the Bible doesn't even promise that. The Bible says that if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Did you get that? You know, there are just people in this world that love drama. You know what? And they're going to make drama happen because if they don't feel drama, they don't feel alive. You may not be able to make peace with that person, but as far as it depends on you, do what you can. But that doesn't mean that you're not going to have drama because some people just thrive on drama. God is offering us a chance to have peace in our most important relationship, and that is this relationship. We're gonna have trouble in this world, but we can have peace with God. And I wanna talk about peace with God. That's the peace the Messiah brings, peace with God. It's the peace between this self-centered, willful, sinful person and a holy God that's far better above and beyond me. It's the peace that Romans talks about Paul writing, saying, we have peace with God because of what Jesus, our Lord, has done for us. What did he do for us? While we were helpless, Christ came at just the right time, and he died for us. Us what? But God showed his love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still... Yeah, it's hard to say that word, isn't it? Not me. I'm a good guy. Who, me? Nah. Things are okay with me and the big man upstairs. Yeah, I mess up, but we all mess up, right? He knows my heart. Yeah, he does. But do you know your heart? Because I think we're really good at deceiving ourselves. In fact, it says in Jeremiah, the heart is hopelessly dark and deceitful, a puzzle that no one could figure out. But I, God, search the heart and examine the mind. I get to the heart of the human. I get to the root of things. I treat them as they really are, not as they pretend to be. That's the paraphrase from the message. God knows our heart. God knows that we are deceitful, that they are deceitful above all things and hopelessly wicked And here's the good news. That's precisely why Jesus came. Because he knows that we need a new heart. He knows that we need a change. He knows that we needed peace with God. He did not come to condemn you because your heart is wicked. He came that you might believe and that by believing you might have a new life in Jesus' name. He came so that we can be free from the condemnation and the guilt that we live with because of the sinfulness of our our deceitful hearts and actions. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. God came to be with us so that he can help us to be at home and to be right with God. The good news is that if you're good enough, God will come to you. The good news is, Jesus knows you best, better than you know yourself, and he knows that you need a Savior so that you can have peace with God. Jesus said, it's not the healthy that needs a doctor, it's the sick. I've come not to call righteous, but sinners. So here I am, Jesus. I need you. I need a Savior. Make me right with you, O oh God. Thank you, Jesus, that you promise peace with God. And when I find peace with God, it gives me the peace of God. There's a nuance there. The angel's song gives hope of peace with God. And when we have that, it's the peace of God in the midst of life's stuff. Peace from the things in the past that we would rather forget about. Peace from the things that cause us guilt and shame and Regret and embarrassment. Peace from the past that caused you sadness and grief and loneliness. Peace from the hurt that others have caused you and the hurt that you have caused them. Peace of God comes when we realize, as the psalmist says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has God removed our sins from us. Can somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Next time you see a beautiful snowfall covering up all the brown and mud and leaves. (laughs) You who live in Oakmont know what I'm talking about. Uh, you, you, You look at the beauty of it all and you think, that's how God sees me. Wow. That's good news that's good news peace of God for the things we've done the peace of God in the midst of the present this baby grew up and he proved that he was the one that was sent from God before he suffered and died as a witness to God's capacity to forgive and to absorb in his body our guilt our shame our sin he told his followers the peace I leave with you my peace I give you not I don't give you the kind of peace that the world gives, that Caesar gives. I'm gonna give you a different kind of peace. Don't let your hearts be troubled, don't be afraid. It's not the kind of peace that is promised by the next promise you order on Amazon, the next product you order on Amazon. It you know, it's nice to have it, but doesn't last very long. It's not the the kind of peace that comes from the absence of trials and troubles. It's the kind of peace that the Bible says passes understanding, transcends comprehension, transcends our circumstances. It helps us rise above the chaos and the curse that we live with in this fallen creation. It's the peace, Jesus said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send you a comforter, a paraclete. He's going to walk beside you. He's never going to leave you. When I leave and go away, don't worry because I'm going to still be able to be there in the spirit. I will be with you. I could go wherever you go. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. It's the peace in the midst of whatever circumstances we go through that we never have to go through it alone. Open your heart, Christmas, this Christmas to the peace of God in your life because I know life isn't perfect and Jesus didn't promise that it would be. The angel song gives us hope for peace, not just in our now time, but even in the future, because we worry about tomorrow. We don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring. You know, the stock market could crash again. Yes, it could. You know, we might, have, might be invaded by another... Ter- we, might, we get fed fear all the time, and if we aren't, aren't, aren't smart, we're gonna believe that even if the worst comes... Or that when that comes, we're going to be destroyed. But I can tell you this. The shepherds living out in the fields had it pretty rough. But you know what? They had the peace of God after that. If it's all taken away, but we have Jesus. I wouldn't want that taken away. But I'm good with Jesus. How about you? I'm good with Jesus. I'm good with Jesus. That's the peace of God. That's the peace of God. Political systems are still going to be corrupt. Diseases are still going to kill. Nature is still uncontrollable. Accidents will still happen. We will have these things happen. In fact, Jesus even said, I've told you these things so that in my name you may have peace. And in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. The angels sing a chorus of hope and peace. That there's this little baby... It's going to light a spark. And that little light is going to grow and spread. And it's going to be a light in defiance of the darkness. I don't care how dark the world is outside. It cannot stuff out that light of Jesus that's inside of me. That's the peace of God. That's the peace of God. Troubles of all kinds will come. Darkness still exists. But in the midst of that, this light is here. And because of that, we can sing. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth and in me, there is peace. There is peace. Because I have found the favor of God. I'm going to ask the band to come back at this time. We're going to respond with some songs. And I want to pray for you. In fact, while we're singing, if you want somebody specifically to pray with you, they'll be down front on both sides. They'll be there to pray with you. Hundreds of years before Jesus was born, Isaiah said this For unto us a child is going to be born. To us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. He will be called a wonderful counselor, mighty God. Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. Do you have peace with God? Are you right with God? You're saying, Well, what do I have to do to get right with God? Say yes to Jesus, because Jesus is the one who came to make you right with God. While you were still, while we are sinners, Christ came. To give you peace with God and if you don't have peace with God don't leave here today without it by saying Jesus come in my heart I need you I need you forgive me I screw up I need you to help me I want to follow you I want, to, I want you to lead me I want that light to guide my path I want to follow that light so come into my heart if you're facing a lot of trials and troubles right now I wish I could say that's all going to go away because of Christmas. I can't say that, but I can't say this. You don't have to go through it alone. You're going to have peace of God in the midst of that. (laughs) Yesterday morning, we had a celebration of life for a beautiful woman, Jerry Chikero, one of our folks here. Jerry was a beautiful woman, but five years ago, she had to undergo a double lung transplant. And uh, she never really recovered from that. I mean, her breathing never came fully back. In spite of all the help and medicine and drugs that she had, she had chronic organ rejection. And so after five years of fighting this battle, she finally passed away. And But you know what? if you ever went to visit Jerry, you never heard a complaint. You never heard a woe is me. You never heard a why me. In fact, she would always turn the conversation around to you. How are things going with you? How what's going on with your life? You know, she was, always, she was just the most positive person in the midst of a person who spent five years, more days in Presby Hospital than at home over the past five years. This woman had peace with God. And when the end came or was coming and she knew it was coming and they were going to take her off the end of rejection drugs it was just a matter of days she was okay she was ready I'm tired of the fight I'm ready to go take care of my husband no kids no other family nieces and nephews and some others but yeah we celebrated her life the place was packed the place was packed how could we do that? because of the peace of God and the fact that she had peace with God. I want to go like that. I want to go like that. And I don't know what you're going through right now. And it could be tough. It's not too tough for Jesus. Would you bow your heads, please? Lord, I pray for anyone here that is struggling right now with the with the guilt, with the shame, with the feeling like they aren't at peace with you, God. Their life is out of control. They need peace with God. May they just say something like I just said earlier. God, come into my life. Come into my heart. Forgive me. I want to be your follower. I need you, Jesus. I need the Holy Spirit helping me because left to my own devices, I am self-destructive. Jesus, I need you come in and help me, deliver me, set me free. Help me to understand how fully loved and forgiven I am and accepted by the one who knows me best. You're far more important than anybody else, God. And I can grasp that. Help me to grasp it, not in my head, but just in my, also in my heart that I am fully loved and accepted and forgiven. And may that give me the peace of God, the peace of God that in the midst of life circumstances that I can have peace with you and peace all around me. Maybe, may I be an agent of peace in this world too. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org.